I talk to strangers day or night. I talk to strangers in any kind of life. It makes sense to me to believe in the kindness and the trust I Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. I am here this afternoon while we're, we're across the ocean, but I'm, uh, I'm with Joelle Provost, my artist friend, who you might remember from a past podcast. Hi, Joelle. Hey, Stephanie. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's a little hot here in New York. How is it yeah. there in California? It's finally cooled down. Um, yeah, it's oh, finally good. cooled down this week. And are you near the fires? I haven't even asked you about that. Yeah, so we're just completely, I call it like hot box in California. It's just like surrounded by fires, 360. Um, yeah, so, but right now, um, they're, yeah, it, they've lessened and the air quality is back to green. So we're okay. Okay, good. It's scary, you know, and it's actually an interesting backdrop for our conversation because, yeah. um, Things do seem to be burning down a bit in the world, <laughs> yeah. metaphorically and literally. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting time. And I, I really, I turn to friends like you during this time because I think there needs to be some rational thought placed on what needs to happen, you know, solutions. And one of the things I know you're working on right now is a large scale um, art piece that mm -hmm. um well you can tell us more about it but it's a whale sarcophagus right right yeah and uh, it's just fascinating to me because i think it's a it's a good metaphor um and we've talked talked about this a little bit it's it's kind of an amazing metaphor for needing to build things up at this time especially things that are based on on nature on things that are created that we we as man have not built so yeah. I, want, I want to hear a little bit more about what gave you the idea for this sarcophagus yeah um so as you probably know um whales washing up on the beach on the pacific coast but all over the world has been this sort of ongoing uh pervasive problem in the past I don't know, five, 10 years. I don't know. But um, recently in 2019, there was this surge of gray whales between March and May of 2019 washing up on the shores of San Francisco. So as an, uh, you know, I'm a painter and as a painter who's, who also is an animal welfare advocate and huge on, on animals, um, this became pertinent to us regionally, to me regionally, because it happened in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And the reason for these, there were nine whales in the course of like two-ish months. Mm -hmm. The reason for this occurrence was malnourishment, and it was not, um, you know, due to plastic in the ocean. So we're just seeing, obviously, countless, um, you know, uh, sea creatures af afflicted by countless um, issues of human impact related to human impact right right 
Um, so then anyway, this, this, this had happened. And then since that, since I read that article, I've been wanting to make a whale sarcophagus. Um, and I think we need to just specify that a sarcophagus is basically a large coffin mm-hmm. for the whale. Um, but it's based sarcophagus refers to Roman, um, kind of or, ornate and, you know, heavily decorated, um, uh, coffins hmm. of, you know, ancient Roman times. So, and what was the reasoning for that? Um, for, for, for choosing a Roman sarcophagus? No, no, for, I mean, just what, why were they decorated? What was, I mean, we talk about like death, like honoring death in a way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was researching simultaneously while, you know, at around the same time that I was reading that article, um, just Roman rituals and um, Roman myths in the funerary context, I found to be really interesting because mm-hmm. when I was reading about Dionysian um, scenes, it, it um, in terms of, you know, Roman religious beliefs, Death in the afterlife, Dionysus in the afterlife meant celebrating whatever being, whatever entity had died in the afterlife. So it became this starting of a new. And I just love this idea of these whales who that have washed up that have kind of haven't haven't been granted the respect and the time and the pause that they, in my opinion, that they deserve. I love this idea of them getting uh, receiving this this second chance in the afterlife. Um, Partying in the afterlife. What? Partying in the afterlife. I, I, it's totally. a painting I could totally picture you doing, whales partying in the afterlife. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> idea. As you know, we talked about this before, but and I, I don't mean to like diminish the value of like my painterly skills, but I kept trying to paint the whale and it, I'm serious. Like it really looks like a banana and it's right. really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to paint. And in the 1800s, they, you know, um, there was this theme of whales washing up on the beach, not as pervasive as now, but, but, um, so there were a few, uh, just a couple, I think it was Dutch painting paintings of whales on the beach, uh-huh. um, with little, you know, humans, this, you know, because whales are 40, you know, Massive. 30 or 40 feet yeah. long. But it's, it, yeah. St- so anyway, that actually was part of why I um, gravitated towards making sculpture because it wasn't, I felt like painting a whale was, and honoring a whale on a on a 2D surface was proving um, to be ineffective in, in my opinion. So Yeah. Well, we talked about, you know, I think it's interesting because, I was having this conversation the other night with someone about Picasso's sculptures and, and they were, you know, this gentleman had been to Florence and he felt like, I mean, how do you compare Picasso's sculptures with the David? And, um, specifically he was fixated somehow on David's pubic hair, but that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) The perfection of Michelangelo's pubic hairs were just like far <laughs> superior to Picasso. You can see we'd had a little bit to drink when we were having this discussion. But it's interesting because I was so blown away by Picasso's sculptures because of exactly what you're saying, which is, you know, when you see Picasso's drawings, you realize that he's really trying to figure out perspective. Mm. And that when I saw his sculptures, I thought, well, of course, Like, how do you understand anything unless you, like, 
play around with it, right? I love it. Unless yeah. you're creating it three-dimensionally, how do you really... I mean, Picasso was someone who clearly was trying to understand a few things, right? Like relationship, no, like things relationship to each other. And he gets skewered for his many relationships. But <laughs> in reality, like how do we learn in this life unless we really like delve in, right? Like really get in there. And, and so that's why I'm so excited about your project because when you started to talk to me about it, and you, you mentioned sort of what needs to happen today sort of in our political atmosphere in terms of like comparing it in some ways to the building that needed to happen like after the Second World War, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the New Deal and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about how your, yeah. your team building with the sarcophagus and yeah. how you plan to do that. So that's a really that's a great question because there hadn't been an opening before COVID, to be honest, before shelter in place to make this, you know, we're all moving so fast um, that it, it just making something so colossal had there hadn't been an opening to do that. I couldn't figure out how I was gonna do it. But then everything stopped, right? With shelter in place. Right. And it, you know, it was kind of exciting because the air felt so clean and there were sparrows chirping outside of our house, which was the first time ever that huh. that had happened. So we we're all, I was thinking a lot about, you know, I, I felt like there was this whole, um, the setting had sort of changed to this almost archaic, you know, like a uh, century ago, peaceful, you know, pre-industrial feeling. Right. And, and anyway, so then, so then I talked to somebody about the whale sarcophagus on the phone and um, my friend, and she said, well, you should just call a grant writer. So I posted on Facebook, I'm looking for a grant writer for this major project. And then I found one. And then all of a sudden it just like snowballed because of COVID. Uh -huh. And I could get a hold of people that were <laughs> normally really busy. And right. I like call, called them and they were like, I'm literally doing nothing. This is so exciting. So um, <laughs> as you know, the main major player, I don't mean to like, if he hears this, he, he, he probably like, I think he's too cool for school. He's, um, I, the deal is, sorry, really quick to back up. The whole sarcophagus is going to be made out of primarily reclaimed materials. So uh -huh. I'm hiring, I'm hiring this guy named Taylor Lane who makes surfboards out of cigarette butts. And he's going to make, um, these Corinthian, these columns on the, the left and the right of of the facade of the of the coffin so so if you're looking at the coffin straight on he's going to make these columns on the very left and right as bookends um hmm. out of cigarette material wow uh, i just it's funny because when you were talking about like you know i know you're you're like anti-litter very anti-litter and and that's what you like the contribution to of litter is what was creating some of these problems like the whales right. dying right so so right. it's fascinating because just today there's a woman who was walking past and she was smoking a cigarette and then she threw it and i think she saw my the shock on my face because yeah. i i mean it is litter as we know very much so and people don't yeah. really think about it and they just throw their cigarettes so i think she saw me like kind of raise my eyebrows and she was like god bless you know and she seemed a little like <sighs> off you know like she was not like you know yeah. she seemed like maybe someone who had a hard time so i wasn't about to like get into it with her 
But it was interesting because she she clearly was aware, like yeah. with the look on my face, that I, I I registered some displeasure, not in a not in a really rude way. But then, you know, I I do think that some of this stuff is just like awareness, and also people are so angry about their own situation sometimes that I honestly think like people will walk in front of my car all the time after the light turns red and I'm pretty sure they're like trying to start something it's not just accidental do you know what I mean and I I feel like there's something I mean there's something that we need to do to like and you've talked about empowering people, right? Like giving people the opportunity to be part of something that's like community building versus tearing down. Because I don't think this woman maybe like feels great. Like, I don't know, just like throwing a cigarette butt make you feel great. Like, I don't. Right. I don't know. Well, it's like, it's like, yeah, just there's this like ubiquitous apathy going on. And, you know, you and I talked about this. So just in terms of team morale, it's like, I'm not a politician, you know, but I, but I can do what I can. I think artists in their own way, in their own right, uh, have, you know, are, can be leaders, hopefully. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, the thing about litter that's really interesting is that it's, you know, obviously, you know, we're in like, we talked about it being like in the year of national disenfranchisement or the century or whatever, but, but litter is ultimately a choice. And so that's kind of what bugs me is it's like saying, it's like saying to the world, you're saying, yeah, I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't have any, I've lost my morale. I've lost any like hope. And I thought, I know it's, it might sound privileged to say that because, uh, you know, I, I, I have, the freedom to think about environmental ethics because I'm in the position to do so maybe, but Mm. I don't know. I just feel like in America we have, we do have some choices in anyway. Well, I think that, no, I I think that's an important point because I think a lot of what's going on in terms of racial inequities and all the sort of the halo effect of like disempowerment, right? Like this is what we're talking about. We're talking about colonization and who's in power. We're always talking about who's in power, right? And there's always, there's always going to be someone in power who doesn't necessarily have everybody's best interest in mind. Like that's just, I mean, I was talking about, you know, my favorite movie, well, book really, but made into a movie is, um, is Dr. Zhivago, right? And I think it's maybe the best book ever written because, and you have to watch the movie first before you read the book because the the Russians love to use nicknames. And unless you kind of have a handle on who the characters are through multiple, like the old version of the movie with Julie Christie and the newer version with um, Kira Knightley, the Masterpiece Theater did one, and it's really good. But it's just funny because... they talk a lot because it was the Russian Revolution, right? And and we're sort of at that point where people are, well, not only talking about revolution, I mean, actually taking some action. And, right. and, and yet it scares me not only because I don't like violence and destruction, but because, because I'm concerned that, that it's a cycle and that whoever is in power becomes ultimately power hungry and that we we always need to talk about personal responsibility because at the end of the day no matter who is our leader what they look like what color they are what religion they are what 
political party they're affiliated with. It's always going to be us as individuals who make things happen for our communities and for ourselves. And so empowerment and building something as you're doing with other people, like on your property, like trying to get awareness about building things together as human beings to give an homage to the great creator is like, I think it's really powerful, you know? Right. Well, thank you for saying that because that's the, that's the goal. Um, it's a, a little bit of feedback, but I think it's not. Um, that's, that's the goal of the project. We talked about this a little bit um, when we were just talking on the phone the other day, but just that, um, you know, I love, yeah, FDR's uh, New Deal. And then, you know, we just, it really is is the ultimate time for, for um, you know, just humans. It's not about as a nation, it's about humanity to get together and to make things for the betterment of humanity, but also for, you know, in, in, in my opinion, in honor of other species or in consideration of other species. So this whole project, again, it snowballed into a team of 13. I have these architects that are, they're, you know, they're in Philly, but they're um, also on board as always as a reference point whenever I have questions about structural integrity and materials and stuff. So anyway, it became this thing where during, that's the whole point of what I was saying about COVID actually was during this very strange time where we're worried about the economy and people are worried about their health. Um, we can still come together and um, think about, um, you know, doing something of service. Uh -huh. So that to me is like, you know, I have this big quote on my wall that says, lose yourself in the service of others. And when we say others, we think about humans, but often there's in every single, not to go dark on you, but in every single time <laughs> Fukushima or any natural disaster or man-made disaster, we don't, we don't talk as much about the animals that are affected um, by these, by these um, cataclysmic events. Yeah. So that's my goal is to honor, honor the whale in the same way and to come together over this and to hire craftspeople in the name of, in this case, the whale, yeah. right? So anyway. No, I, I think that's kind of a perfect metaphor because I think, you know, we forget that we are in service to something bigger than ourselves. Like, yeah. Just metaphorically speaking, which Love is, it. I mean, I think that, you know, someone was talking about, you know, military service and how in this country, you know, part of the reason that they live in this country, I think he was from Uzbekistan and he's here because if he goes back to Uzbekistan, he'll be put directly into military service. Um. So in this country, we don't require that. And so it ends yeah. up being optional and it ends up being a lot of people who are in it for you know, maybe free education or, you know, the, a lot of things, you know, things you might get out of being part of that world when you don't have right. other options, maybe. But it's interesting because I was saying one of the things that I think uh, service, like, 
I don't, I don't think military service necessarily is something that we need to put everybody into, but I think some sort of a group required service. And I, I know there are people who think this where we cross, um, you know, we cross political lines, we cross geographic lines, you know, north, south, east, west, you know, all the things that divide us in this country uh, are less divisive if we get to know each other. And I think that's part of the problem. Like, I have two good friends in Wisconsin who are both, you know, lovely people that I have very, I'm extraordinarily fond of who are on opposite sides of the political spectrum yeah. and, and would be very, um, I've wanted to get them together on a podcast, but I don't think they would do it. But I, I, I know them both personally, like on a heart level, like they're the same, you know? Yeah, and yet, Yet, their political leanings are so different, their beliefs about what's going to work for people is different, but their baseline love of people is the same, but they've yeah. kind of come across different people or they've like banned, I don't know, for some reason, like aligned differently in the world or come up with yeah. different ways of thinking about it. but. But in reality, they're not that different. I mean, they would totally right. vehemently disagree. But I, I don't know why. And people have called me a bridge before. And I think, you know, you're the same. You are. But, but art is a bridge. Art is a bridge. Because I think that, I think that words can be very divisive. And as yeah. a writer, I say that with great sadness, right? That we somehow right. often don't come up with the right words to convince people how, you know, harmony. That's why I use a lot of music. I love it. And harmony is a thing. And, and I can bring people together in a drum circle. And if there are words that are attached, they might be divided. But in rhythm, they can come together. You know, well, and, and that's that's wonderful. And then I do think, you know, spiritual has all the, the word spiritual has all these connotations, right? It's a loaded term, but 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 art does access something that is, um, yeah, it does. I don't know if you want to say it transcends words or something like that, but it does, it provides a universal language for exactly. you know, people to because it's every, you know, most of us have can see and yeah. right, and most of us can hear so yeah i think it's it in that way it's less divisive too because yeah exactly well, I think that, and, and, yeah i think that words are i mean <laughs> literally words are literal right and so yeah. <laughs> we this rhetoric right. that goes around and gets repeated yeah. like all of these words that people are using and they they sort of feel like they're saying something but actually they're just like little triggers Right. So, yeah, so I don't Words listen are... very closely. I never have. And people get mad at me about it. But in some ways, it's because so often I know what's coming next. It's like I'm using my powers of observation, like and critical thinking to like bypass the actual words they're using. Like, because that's interesting. It's, it's and that's not I mean, it's not right because I that's <laughs> making a lot of assumptions and people get very angry, understandably. <laughs> 
But in some ways, I think from being an interviewer for so long, it's like yeah. you almost know because because we there are these trends, right, of language and and things that mean something to people that they've heard and that they're repeating and that they think are very important for other people to hear. But in yeah. in actuality, I don't know how much they've come to this on their own, right? Yeah. Like the purpose of art, in my opinion, and I'd like to hear your opinion on this, is like yeah. to make people think for themselves, to make, right. to inspire people to think about something that you want them to think about. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so how do we, how do you do that with this sarcophagus? Like what, right. what do you want well, people well, to think about? Right. So, so Kiki Smith, I really like Kiki Smith and she's in one of her interviews said she grew up with death everywhere around her house. She had like this black house. I, I mean, according to the pictures and there were crows everywhere. And I don't know, she just said death was everywhere. Right. But, but anyway, so that's interesting. It's really interesting. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> But just I want to elevate the whale and bring it into the fine art context, because as we know, animals can't speak for themselves. And it's always kind of inconvenient to talk about animal rights, because it, as I've said to you before, it gets kind of lumped in the PETA category of alarmist. Right. Right, right. But but it's always relevant. So it's always relevant. It's always relevant. It always if there's something going on, some little animal is going to get affected. And just quickly to go back to what you were saying about you being a bridge between, you know, maybe the right and the left or who knows, right? Um, I would argue that we're also not that different from primates, but also other animals. I mean, you know, I see these crows. I, so we have a lot of crows in my neighborhood and they, they eat fast food. Um <laughs> And that's terrible. Yeah, I've been looking it up. I'm doing a painting on it called cannibalism. And I'll get back to talking about the whale. But um, because they're eating chicken, you know, chicken remnants. And it's like, "Mm, you should be eating that. And they all have high cholesterol. But um, but these crows, they look like my cat. And it's like, we're all we're not that different. Just some of us are more domesticated. Well, yeah. (laughs) you know what I mean? Well, our um, habits can change. I mean, that's what's so interesting, right? It's like, it's like we're feeding the oceans. Like we're, we're, whatever we're doing is getting carried. Like I always think from an anthropological standpoint of like, you walk down the street and you see what society, like you imagine what they'll find on like under layers of other stuff in years to come. And I always am amazed. It's like our, our self, uh, medicating, you know, you find bottles and beer caps and, right. you know, cigarette butts and, and all of these things that our society is doing and fast food, you know, right. like you, you know, and then we're, we're creating this whole other layer that is, is representative of what we've become and, you right. know, how, how dedicated we are to sort of caring for ourselves and our and our earth you know yeah no absolutely and um i tried to address that in painting and that's i think that's what you were talking about before is like 
Oh, that's what I was going to say about Kiki Smith, that she in in her interviews said that all she can do is breathe life into her work. And hopefully, you know, um, that will be transmitted and the viewer will feel that. But so that's the same thing that I, I can I feel like I can do. I have to kind of submit to not being able to say everything in my work, but that hopefully the major messages will come through. So in this case, it's like, you know, I've been writing for years about elephants and whales and about, you know, when Notre Dame burnt down, we're so up in arms and so upset about Notre Dame, which is this, and I understand why, you know, it's this incredible institution, beautiful building, but then, but then what, you know, whales, elephants are being poached and whales are being washing up on the beach because of the plastic and malnourishment and these otherworldly creatures we have the privilege to walk on this earth with we're not we're totally taking it for granted and to me that to, they're as imp- important as something like Notre Dame and the, the scale is to me equivalent so eventually I just went you know if Julia Morgan can can help build the Hearst Castle and you know, it's like I can I can make a whale sarcophagus. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. I like that comparison. Well, yeah. you know, I think it's like I think there's something you know right now that we all feel pretty powerless, right? Like, I'm I'm considering doing like an exhibit of artists, and you're welcome to contribute. Mm-hmm. I would in cool. fact love it. Called up in the air, right? Mm-hmm. Because. I feel like right now everything's just up in the air. Like we just don't know what's up, but like, like, so what? So, so there we are, like, here we are, we're up in the air. What are we going to do now? And we need to do something. Right. And I think this morning I woke up and, and wrote this whole diatribe on paralysis, you know, just this feeling of being paralyzed. And it's weird because I ended up writing about my dog. (laughs) and and it's it's funny because I think that I feel with dogs like she looks at me like right now she came into the room and she's wondering when she's going to get her walk and she's totally beholden to me to go outside and pee and and when you think about being paralyzed I think we feel so beholden we feel so beholden to our like political leaders like we feel like we're waiting to be told what to do. We're waiting for a vaccine. We're waiting for someone else to do something so that we know what we can do. And the truth is, and why I value you so much, and I have you on the podcast for a second time, even though clearly we're not strangers anymore, is that the value of having met you, you were a stranger and we we saw something in each other, right? The value of people talking to other people is that we understand that actually we have a lot of power. Actually, you and I together and everyone who's listening and everyone who's out there has a ton of personal power. And and it's just, it, it behooves some people to make other people feel powerless. But yeah. I can assure you that that's bullshit. Right. And that, like you talked about, a good leader, right, is somebody who is just like their role is not what they do. Their role. What what word did you use? Not empowered. You said their role is to. I don't know. Completely apathetic. I don't know. Inspire or to. Inspire. I'm sorry. Yeah. But you you said something. I mean, I, I think it's like with your work. 
Like, what is your, what is your aim? What are you trying to do? Yeah. So I've always said that, you know, through my paintings, I don't always make political paintings, but when I do, the goal is to ignite sort of this fire in the viewer that compels them to act so that, you know, I always, I always joke about it just being like, or not, not joke, but I always like kind of say that it's, it's, um, I will, I want to leave them, you know, with an aftertaste that they can't shake. Um, because, um, yeah, just, Quickly back to your accountability thing. The whole goal is is just including myself. I think we all can be better all the time. Yeah, it's just is to inspire accountability. I think we all go, oh, that person's too much of a consumer, but I I have to deal with my own life, and the only reason why I bought this thing or whatever is because I'm really upset right now, and it's really important. Somehow I want to elevate, you know, not only the whale, but I want to bring up topics of of human impact in our environmental crisis in a way that is sacred so that people feel like like they went to to church because, um, frankly, I'm not I'm not sure, you know, I I just feel like there's a lack of there's a lack of um, morality. In, in our culture, and I just want. But what is morality? I'm gonna I'm gonna question you on that because no, because I think you. that morality is it's something that I was talking about. I totally like I watched this uh, Wild Wild West about Osho and this whole sort of cult that came up in in Oregon that was really shut down by the local community because I think you know their their morality was very much like clashing with the sort of older more traditional people in the town but you know it's interesting because morality is is very relative so when you say interesting yeah our morality is what do you what do you mean like and who gets to set who gets to set the moral code i guess is the question no that's a really good question i guess i'm always what i'm always inferencing is being stewards of the earth, right? So that's what I'm always talking about. So when I talk about morality, I mean not just watching out for ourselves, watching out for our fellow species, and I'm and watching out for other species as well. So I guess I mean environmental stewardship. So that's what I mean by morality. Is I do what I mean by that. My inference is individual accountability, and that's what yeah. I'm always talking right. about. Taking taking example. some responsibility for what's happening to the greater world around you not just right. what's happening in your own life right. yeah and I, I think that we I think that collectively you know I've been talking a lot about like collective um, consciousness and the the idea that when we when we think things are true we make them true right like yeah. in my own life like really weird things happen like when you wish for something and then all of a sudden it's around you because we actually, our minds are very powerful things and we, we actually do work toward things we set out to do. And that can be a negative. That can be shooting yourself in the foot and then your right. foot is, right. turns out right. it's shot. You know what I mean? Like you, right. you can't move, you know, because, because of the way that we think and because of what we believe. And we're actually slowly and sometimes imperceptibly, imperceptibly, is that a word? Yeah. moving toward those things to which we believe we are moving toward, right? 
And, no, and wait, that's interesting. And I, I think that when we, when we like the New Deal, which we didn't get too much into the details of it, but like this rebuilding of, you know, giving jobs to people because there needed to be jobs because we were in a depression because we need to be creative and build back up from a place of having fallen down, right? Right. And so it's like yeah. your your metaphor of like building back up this, the whales have been dying, right? So then we need to build back up our society to understand and reflect on the power of the whale and what it represents to the universe because we sometimes don't appreciate like the, when the bees start dying, it affects us. It affects our food source. It affects right. everything. Right. And we don't always make those connections, but, right. but if we're going to take personal responsibility, we need to learn a little bit more about how every action we take. It's not a God bless and throw our cigarette butt onto the street. It's right. a God bless. And I'm going to pick that up and put it, in a garbage can or maybe I'm not even going to smoke at all. <laughs> right. No, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Well, it's, and I'd always come back to the mother Teresa notion of small things with great love, because even if this is, it's going to be 40 feet by seven feet by seven feet around yeah. there, we're still honestly the height we're still fleshing out, but if it's going to be, um, you know, it's still it's still small. We need to remember. I just read a quote about this somewhere that we can affect our tiny corner of the earth, right? And that's that's how we make a difference. Is yeah. as individuals. I mean, and I think that's the goal of the artist. At least that's what I found my my mission to be. Is that you know um, we can all become autonomous leaders yes. by connecting with each other, right? And then by yeah. by uh, you know. Um, do again, doing small things with great love. Because well, and, and I, I love that idea. And that's totally the mission of my podcast, right? Because someone asked me the other cool. day and I'm like, cool. connecting to each other and how crucial that is. And, and it, we, if we lock in and we have like, okay, we have our family and our friends and we don't connect to anyone new, that's not really connecting to each other in a way that's going to be helpful to build a global society that's functioning, right? right? Because right. even like all these people who, you know, sort of find me on Facebook from Tunisia or Morocco or, you know, yeah. and it's like, you know, when I tell people that they're like, they're bots, they're bots, they're not real people. They're going to rob you blind. Wow. Like, there's so much fear, you know? Yeah. And, and to your point, and I want to kind of end on this point because I, like I think that. it's yeah. important. It's like, connecting to each other to build something together. And whether that's an actual, like whether people come over to your house and help you build the sarcophagus, or there's a woman around Brooklyn who's like building a house and she needs help and she kind of puts it out there and people are gathering at her house to strip these old doors and really help her. And I think, you know, we do need to come together to build what we want. We need to come together to build what we want. And if we keep sitting back and saying, waiting for somebody else to come along yeah, exactly. to save us and build it for us so we can just sit on our asses, That's it ain't right. gonna happen. And this country right. is gonna go right. to hell in a handbasket. And right. you know what? 
we're already, I would say, you know, we talk about third world countries so denigratingly, but you know what the truth is? At a time like this, they look a lot better because they haven't gotten so built up that they don't remember what it's like to fish for your own food and to, to know what it's like to live in very basic structures that are easily built and easily rebuilt, you know? And we've gotten so cocky. And so there's so much hubris in our industrialized nation. And we need to remember that we, this all got built. You know, you look at New York City and it's, you know, you go from the Hudson where it's less populated and we drive back into the city and you go, wow. You know how many years that took? Not that many. Right. Not that many. And, right. you know, we built all this and it can get destroyed. And, you know, Beirut was destroyed recently. It's been rebuilt seven yeah. times, that city. Seven wow. times. I didn't know that. Yep. That's super interesting. And people are, yeah. you know, they're going to, I just gave money so that they can use like whatever it was I gave a thousand bucks so they can re- literally rebuild windows and doors. Because that's what it takes. It's going to take the community to pay to help people rebuild their windows and doors. And they're going to come together. And that's what we need to do. We need to come together to rebuild. We can't just sit back and say it doesn't include us. And I so appreciate people like you, Joelle, who are bringing people together to build and to teach. And it's it's a super crucial time to do that. So thank you. Yeah. And where can people go to donate to your cause or to learn more about it? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I just I I just want to reemphasize what you already said and just underscore it. I mean, is that it is in a sense symbolic, right? Of of what needs to happen, of grassroots from the ground up, us coming together. In, in the name, in this case, of the environment, but also team morale. I just keep going back to that. Um, and yeah, I'm going, I am going to have a Kickstarter. So I talked to this artist. Here's, here's the thing I wanted to talk to you about. His name, I only talked to him briefly, so hopefully he's okay with me mentioning his name. <laughs> Cal Spelikic, and he um, designed installation public sculptures at Burning Man, oh, and yeah. he's also represented by uh, Catherine Clark Gallery and uh, uh, in San Francisco and I had a talk with him uh, I was looking for advice on on the next steps with the whale sarcophagus because it's very daunting but I'm you know gung-ho about it and um, I keep looking for kind of almost permission from the Legion of Honor which is the ideal location uh, for the whale sarcophagus and keep kind of hovering around them wondering how I'm going to garner their attention and their approval and he said as he's like this punk rocker you know um San Franciscan, you just build, first you build it. That's what he's like. What I always do is I just build what I need to build. And then I ask for studio visits from museums or what have you. And Uh so simultaneously, this is happening. He gave me permission to just build it, which is what I want to do. I got offered land in Santa Rosa. It's 21 acres and we're going to have occupy about 10 of it. And wow, it's an ideal location to build the sarcophagus. So I just feel like finally it's, it's kind of this relief that I can just DIY it. And <laughs> uh, so I'm going to have a, a Kickstarter probably because, um, okay. you know, well, we'll keep yeah. people posted and it's Joelle Provost and you're on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. 
It's, I have a website. If you just Google the name, you know, the website comes up. So. J-O-E-L-L-E-P-R-O-V-O-S-T. That's right. Dot com. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so people are going to look for you and they're going to help you build your sarcophagus because we, <laughs> we need to help. That's that well, thank great. you, my friend, for your time today and for all yeah, that you do. Touch and base. I know. It's great. And remember, everybody, to talk to strangers because Joelle and I are friends because we talked to one another and kept in touch and, uh, and helped support each other's efforts. So please do the same in your own community and with your own people. Take care.